0: All right, Welcome back to another episode of Blue Shirts Blueprint. I am your host, Will Cohen, and today we have a, a special guest, although he is a
1: Penguins fan, Mark Merida. Mark, say hello. Hey, what's going on, Will? I respect your blue shirts, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, our conference, on. man, hands down, our conference is the best in hockey. Oh, You, you can say what you agree. want. And we can hate each other as uh, uh, as teams, but man, you got to respect those dudes that play in our conference. It is a meat grinder. No,
0: they. This conference is it's easily the hardest conference to play in. You got the Canes. Now, you have the Devils, the Rangers, the Penguins, and and the Capitals, just to name those few. The Islanders, who we know a couple of years ago went to two back to back Eastern Conference Finals. Last year, made the playoffs, and then. Yeah. On the on the upcoming, I think on the upcoming, the Blue Jackets who have just made big swings for Provorov and Severson on their defense, yeah. and then the Flyers who who knows what they're going to do, but I, I have no clue. Um, imagine
1: so, if imagine if the Blue Jackets could keep Walensky healthy too.
0: I mean, their decor would be really good. Provorov, yeah, they'd be spectacular. Severson, Borensky, and they have Gaudreau, Kent, Johnson, Kareel, yeah, Marchenko. Yeah. Yeah. god they I mean they're going to be a good team soon. They really they are. got
1: Johnny Hockey
0: and they have Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah.
1: And they have the number 3 the number 3 overall pick this year, which is a pretty good draft. I was just reading. I don't know if you've read the I don't know if you've read any of the predictions, but uh this is a hell of a draft. It um, really is. I mean, the guy who's going second
0: overall if Connor Bedard wasn't in this draft, if it was any other draft, he'd be going first. Leo Carlson could be going first overall. There's a lot of players who are good enough to be going first overall. I mean, Matvey Mitchkov.
1: I was just gonna say that he's
0: man. he's gonna he's falling. So I mean, obviously, you know, he's probably gonna stay in Russia for the next couple of years, but he's falling and he's really yeah. good. So there's a lot, a lot of good players in this draft.
1: And yeah. I'm excited to see how this plays itself out because there's yeah. also going to be some deals. Uh, I just saw before we got on and started talking, I just saw the Bruins dealt uh, Taylor, Taylor Hall, Hall and, and Felino. Yeah. And Felino. They dealt him to Chicago. Like that's the pit of hell right there. I don't care if they're getting Bedard or not. I, I'm surprised Bedard even wants to go there, to be honest with you. Like it just, after all the stuff that they had happened there, uh, it just blows my mind away. He's willing to go there and play. Yeah. Or that his family's willing to throw their support behind him. He's a young kid. He's younger than you will. He's seventeen. He's not even eighteen I yet. I know. Like he is.
0: He is literally three years younger than me. And this kid's yeah. one number one.
1: He can't even drink in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even drink in his own home country. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's
0: it's it's ridiculous. Like I was really it's thinking crazy. about it. Like I, I, okay, there's a couple times I really just think about it. The that Conor Bedard is seventeen years old, and out of every single hockey player. That is eligible to be drafted in this draft class, like three hundred, and then a, you know a couple guys that are not going to go undrafted. He's the best hockey player.
1: I know it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's God-given talent, old. though. Crosby had God-given talent. Ovechkin got a God-given shot. You know, uh, uh, those guys who were at that elite level, uh, McDavid, even Sidle. I mean, even Drysital. The, they're just head and shoulders. They were. I know they've worked hard all their life, but there's things that those guys do that you just, the average kid can work until they're blue in the face 10 hours a day. They're never going to be able to do that. I'm sorry. I just,
0: I mean, it's, it really is crazy. I was um, told a story a couple weeks ago by one of my guests, Um, his cousin played against Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy when they played on the long Island goals. And he was saying how they would call on the ice Score a goal, go back to the ice. I mean, go back to the bench. Start eating popcorn. They just didn't care because they were that yeah. good. They were that much yeah. better than anyone else. I mean, I was watching Connor McDavid when he was younger. The kid was weaving through everyone. It was it's it. He was like seven years old. Like yeah. these kids are that good from seven years old from the time they're born. It's it's wild. And then you you know you look at players from like countries like who aren't as you know fortunate to have those the brand new gear for like us over here. Like our Timmy Panarin guy was playing skates with pads with, you know, gloves that were way too big for him. And look at him. I mean, yeah, he's the second highest paid winger in the NHL now. Do you crazy. see he shaved his head? I did. And I I love it. Actually. I he still said think he was trying was, to, he to get he rid of the bad head. juju. I love that. I mean, honestly do whatever you can. I love that guy. He's my favorite player. I'll, I'm with him through the thick and thin. I literally remember where I was when we signed him. I love the guy so much. I mean, obviously he didn't have the best playoff performance these past two years, but I mean, he's he's trying to do things that's gonna that's gonna help you know help the team, and he's holding himself accountable with it, and I like
1: that for him. Yeah, I, love I agree. It. I agree. Like I said, I'm a hockey fan first. I always tell people that. People, I, I live near DC, and they just give me a ton of crap. You know about the Penguins, and I'm like, look, I'm a hockey fan first. I appreciate Ovechkin and his his slap shot. If you want to talk about a complete player, we can't talk Alex Ovechkin. He doesn't play defense. He's not out there on the penalty kill. You know, he doesn't play a 200 foot game. But if you want to talk about a guy who has probably the best one timer ever, or the best best goal scorer of all time, yeah, I mean, and I saw Brett Hall play, and I saw Brett Hall play in person, and Brett Hall. Is about the closest person that I can match Ovechkin up in terms of a goal score.
0: I wish I could have said I saw all those guys play. But the Rangers have hired, I know you're a Penguins fan, but the two of the guys that the Rangers hired as assistant, well, one's an associate coach, the other's is the assistant coach. They played hockey in a time where you know you were younger, I wasn't alive. Michael Pekka. Yeah. He played for 14 years. He played with Vancouver, Buffalo. I he was the captain of the Islanders. Played with Edmonton, Toronto. The and, Stars, um, right?
1: Was I, he with the Stars too?
0: I don't think he was with the Stars. He was with okay. the Blue Jackets. He, was he, I maybe they they left that out, but he played for 14 years. Um very chippy guy. Yeah. Another's Phil Housley. He's a Hall of Fame defenseman. I I I'm gonna be completely honest. Didn't even know who he was before the Rangers before the Rangers uh, hired him, and all these people were saying how he was one of the best, the best American-born defenseman of all time. Yeah, he played for 23 years. He played with Buffalo, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Calgary, New Jersey, Washington, Calgary, Chicago, and Toronto. And he played in 14 1400 1400 games, almost 1500. Yeah, had 338 goals, 894 points with our assist with twelve hundred and thirty-two point points and one that's great for Adam Fox because you sure. know that's our that's our franchise defenseman generational and that's gonna be great for him. But what can you say for them as players and what you think they could bring to the New York Rangers on the bench?
1: I think one of the things that you're going to see is that Pekka is going to bring that grittiness like he played with. Uh, I want to say he was a second or third line center. He was never in the top three. Never, ever, ever. And Mm. that's part of the reason he moved around so much, because when somebody needed that, you know, trade deadline guy, he's the kind of guy who got traded and he infused that that energy. Uh, I thought he was a great player. I never got to experience him as a Penguin, but I got to experience him playing with other teams. I think he brings that grittiness, that legit, let's keep going, don't look back, ever play a 200-foot game mentality, and not everybody has that, especially when you get – like the Rangers did a fantastic job of staying where they were the whole entire season. And then they got to the playoffs, and they played well. But there is just another level that gets you to the cup. There's, there, there, there's another level, and it takes a, a couple of guys like that. The reason Pittsburgh won it in 16 and 17 is they had a guy like that. They had Rick Tockett, and as soon as Rick Tockett left, things went south for them, you know, and, and I can definitely compare Pekka in a lot of ways to Tockett. Now, Tockett was more of a goal scorer. I believe Pekka was a, a center during his time, but still, that era of hockey was different. Phil Housley could put on skates today and fit right in with the puck-moving defenseman. He was smooth, and he was smart. He wasn't exorbitantly big, and he didn't play exorbitantly big, but he was a really good. He played the point on the power play, if I remember correctly. Uh, he just did all those little things that you needed to do as a, as a top defenseman on a team, and he will definitely help Fox in a lot of ways. He'll make him more of a thinker, than a reactionary type person. You have your reactionary type person. You got Truba, right? That's yeah. your guy. But you need Fox to be more the thinker. The level headed guy out in the ice, not get sucked into that. And that's what Housley did. That's I mean, that's exactly what I mean. Fox, I mean, he has such a
0: high hockey IQ. I mean, watching that guy, it's I mean, his passing is just incredible. I mean, I'm I'm watching him, and there's a guy down low on the circle, and through three guys, he makes a pass and finds him and they score. It's crazy to me. Um, I mean, they have a young guy, Keandre Miller. He's also a puck moving defenseman. I think that's another guy that's going to, I mean, uh, he's another guy that's going to benefit very, very greatly from Phil Housley. I mean, he broke out last year. I think he had 17 more points than he did in his second year in the NHL, which was his second year, was obviously his career highs before last year, 40 points. I mean, the guy was very good. He regressed a little bit at the end of the season, but I really think that's just because of how, you know, it played out with all the cap gymnastics and everything. And I think, you know, same with Adam Fox. He regressed a little bit, but that was because he was tired as well. But, I mean, the Rangers in the playoffs did not have a guy that could play. It could get those in the top six that could get those pucks along along the boards. And that's a guy Artemi Panera needs for him. He needs, you know, a guy like Jesper Foss that can maybe, maybe a little bit better, but, you know, he needs a guy that's, that's gritty. And if, if Michael Pekka can do that and if he can not even, if they don't even have to bring in a guy, maybe they have somebody like in their in the system that they can bring in and help him. And maybe Michael Pekka can help that with Lafreniere. Maybe he'll help Lafreniere become that better 200 foot player that gets those gritty pucks that can feed Panarin with through the um through the boards I'm
1: hoping but you got to be a little disappointed in the way things are playing out for uh Lefronier. Uh it just you know he was supposed to be one of those guys maybe not a generational talent but a difference maker and he really hasn't done much, but I agree with you. I think you leave that kid down on the third line. You're never going to see much out of him. You've mm-hmm. got to give him an opportunity to play with the first or second line, a center who's going to make him better. And then you could see what you actually drafted. Some of those guys, it takes a while. And let's remember, he never went to the minors. He went right, he went right to the show. Same with, you know, Chaco. I mean,
0: I, there was times in the last season when, when, it was in the beginning of the season, it was Kreider, Zabanjan, and, and, and Kako. And that was the best 5v5 line that the Rangers had all, throughout the entire year. And Gerard Gallant was so stubborn because he didn't want to put those guys up there. He, you know, Chris Drury did and and Gallant did in the beginning of the year. And then it 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 worked. And then all of a sudden they didn't score for two games. And Gallant said, you know what? It doesn't work. There you go. And he didn't let them develop um with you know with that line. Lafreniere. Um he worked well with Panarin and and and, and TROCHek, and after yeah. it didn't work for two games, he said, "You know what? That's it. We're not doing it again." Um, in December, they the helmet throw. They were playing the Blues and they were losing, and Gallant's job was on the line. And you know what he did? He put the he put Kako and Lafreniere on the first line. They won the game, and Lafreniere had a goal. And then it didn't. And then it didn't work the next game, and he just blew it up. I mean, it's you you need a coach that. Well, one, this kind of goes. You need a coach that will let them, you know, play up on the line, see what they can do, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you can't can't just be two games. Um, But I'm hoping, you know, Mike. I mean, Kako is a player that is. He's very strong with the puck along the boards. He's a puck possession monster. I don't know how he turned into that because coming into the league, it wasn't like that when he got drafted, but now he is. Yeah. And. I'm hoping Michael Peck is going to make him better at that. Also hoping he'll find confidence in his game because he had 40 points last year. I mean, obviously, you know, that's not the best for a second overall pick. Jack Hughes had almost 100. I think he had 96 points.
1: But that's third-line player. Exactly. He's
0: playing on the third line the entire year with literally no power play time.
1: If you play on the third line, the expectation is 40 points. The expectation is for you to draw penalties. The expectation is like 15 minutes a game. You know, uh, your line might be the best line that takes the faceoff, So you might be facing the top line because you've got the guy at center that's going to win the face off. But like, you're right. He was a number two pick. LeFranier was 1-1. Like put these guys in position to succeed. That's why Gallant got shipped out of Vegas after going to the cup his first year. That, like that guy's system doesn't work if he's just going to keep me being stubborn. Uh, You know, I I look for, now. let's change gears here for a second. Dan Balsma, who was in Pittsburgh, won a cup. He floundered for the next couple of years after that. Next thing you know, he's gone. They bring in Mike Sullivan or they brought in some, I forget who the guy was. He coached at the minors level. And he was just terrible. He was terrible. Uh, He didn't even last until Thanksgiving. That's how bad this guy was. Anyway, uh, and I can't remember his name, and I watch every Penguin game. But Sullivan has been, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air from a lot of perspectives, but the league has – it's a copycat league. The league is copycat exactly what he did to win two Cups in 16 and 17. The difference is these teams are not fast. They're fast and big. And, and it you know, Pittsburgh doesn't have that. They don't have that gritty grinder guy who's – large and uh it's made a difference and Sullivan hates to dip like Gallant hates to dip into the minors and bring up some of these kids who are hungry to do it he did it the first years when he won the cup with Brian Rust and some of those guys but after that you know I I personally I think his job's on the line now they got rid of they got rid of the flyer Hexdahl who's absolutely horrible GM. You went from Jim Rutherford to Hextall.
0: That was horrible.
1: I mean, everybody in our division must've been cheering when they took Hextall (laughs) as the GM, but you know, they got rid of him. I love Dubas. I think Dubas will do a great job. He's a wonder kid type of person where he gets it. He's been in hockey all his life, maybe not as a player, but as a thinking person. And I think he'll make some good moves. And I think, he will align the team with a better opportunity, but like I said to you before, we even got rocking here. You know, Pittsburgh's core played exceptional for mid thirties guys, but it's very rare, very, very rare that guys in their thirties win the cup if they're the superstars on the team. Mm-hmm. After you, th- after you turn thirty, it's a different game. Let's let's think about this. Connor Bedard, seventeen years old. Uh, he's coming into the league. The expectation is going to be there right away because now they're aligning themselves to get guys in to be around him. They just did that with that trade with Boston. They brought in Felino for veteran leadership. You know, I mean, they didn't just bring him in to be a, a player for them. He's coming in to be a, a leader now. McDavid, he's 27 this year, right? Yeah, he'll be 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight years in the league. His t- the, the The clock is ticking on McDavid, in my opinion. And uh, you know, it's just not a one-man show, and that's why they get bounced out every year. It's McDavid and Drysettle. Who scored who scored goals for them beside McDavid and Drysidle in the playoffs? And McDavid didn't even score that much, by the way. It was all Dry Settle.
0: Yeah, Hyman had a couple goals. Yeah. Like I think Kane had like three goals, Bouchard. He's a defenseman, though. I mean, it's not really a lot. Uh, they Kane
1: didn't... scored those goals in the first, like the first couple of games, too.
0: Yeah. He didn't you do know. anything afterwards. I mean, yeah, it they they didn't build around McDavid at all, at yeah. all. I mean, McDavid should have a cup right now. He should. He's great. Yeah. And they didn't build around him. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting. You guys are in a really really good spot. I'm not so. I personally am not sold on the Canes. Personally, I'm not sold on the Canes. Uh, I know they're a good team, but I don't think they're heavy enough.
0: I agree. I don't, I, they I don't, don't
1: think they're heavy enough.
0: They don't do well in the playoffs. Right. don't I mean they have they have stars but they're not stars and there's a lot of players on the team that are just aren't very good and I don't right. think that falls on their coach but I mean they have Ajo, they have Natchez, you know Tara Vine's a good player but then you got like you know yapericock and yami who I mean he'll score but he's not gonna be a superstar you know um Puyarvi, did he even do anything for them I don't even know um Jack Taroti, he already requested a trade out of there. I mean, there's a lot of that. They don't really work well in the playoffs. The team that scares me the most are the Devils. Yeah, I can see that. team is just young. They're literally a goalie away. They have Nemitz coming up.
1: But they've been floundering for 15 years. It's about time they freaking become relevant again. You know, the other thing is with professional sports, it takes one or two guys to go down to change the entire dynamics of your team, to be honest with you. That's the one thing that Mike Sullivan has done good with, with the Penguins. Now, heaven forbid that the Penguins lose Crosby or Malkin or, or Letang. But when those guys go down, the team seems to come together better and play a better brand of hockey. Um, you know, they, it's tough when you lose those superstars on some of these teams who who just that's their M.O. is is to have that superstar lead the team. I remember when I was when I was a lot younger, I remember going to games when Lemieux would return to the ice uh, after being out and he had a lot of health problems. I don't know how. Much you know about Lemieux, but Lemieux had a lot of health problems between having a bad back and you know he had cancer. Anyway, I can remember going to a few of the games where he returned to the ice and those guys just stand in awe and watched him play, and they would go on losing streaks because he was just so unreal with the puck. Imagine being six, six, seven on skates or whatever the hell he was. But handling the puck like a, a a six foot guy who is close to the ice and seeing everything before it happened, like that's what you got with those guys, and um, you know those teams that, that gel more together, unlike Carolina, with those kinds of guys who are willing to. And that's what I think. I think you'll get that with Pekka. I think that'll be part of his mo too.
0: Yeah, I, I know you'll he, make
1: them more of a team
0: from that I know perspective. He helped the he was a Rochester Americans. Um assistant coach helped develop a couple of their guys that turned out really well. I was, I was excited with the hiring. I mean, I read into him and he seems like uh, so many people love him. Um, Seems like a very well-respected guy. And I mean, this team isn't young. They're not getting any younger, but they have three guys that they got to develop and they have Brendan Othman coming up. Obviously they have Keandre Miller, who's still developing in my opinion. Adam Fox, who isn't developing, but I mean, he could, I mean, there's just times where that guy is just, it just, it's shocking and awe. It's like, how the, how the hell does he do that? Like, I already know how good he is, but it's like, how the hell does he do that? Do you skate? Do
1: you play hockey? I roller, I, I
0: play roller hockey.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you how incredible. I, I was just saying on my last podcast, people who don't watch hockey, always have a reason for not watching it. I can't follow the puck. I don't know who these guys are. always the
0: excuse.
1: Yeah. But once you watch it, it's fast, it's physical, and it's difficult to score. Okay, so it's a collaboration of football. It's a collaboration of soccer. And, you know, it's like it's got so many elements and people just don't understand. You have to sit down and watch it. You don't have to look at the puck. Look at the flow of the play is what I always say. Look at the
0: flow of the play. Guys are always moving. Even if there's nothing going on, they're always moving. And I will die on this hill. I'll die on this Hockey is the best live sporting event to go to. Oh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If I take somebody to a hockey, I'll even take them up to the Hershey Bears. They're, they're just a little over an hour away from me here because I hate paying for mm. professional. I go to one or two. I take my son to one or two professional games a year, but I, we'll go up to the Hershey Bears games. We'll sit on the glass for 25 bucks, and a lot of those guys who are NHL ready. You just can't crack the lineup, but it's yeah. so fast, and when I take people with me, they're like, Jesus, this is unbelievable, I love it. You know, yeah, you love it because it's fast and physical. We watch football. We praise football. We worship football, right? It's a gladiator sport. Hockey's even more of a gladiator sport because these son of a guns have to skate and stop.
0: And they're skating, like, full speed. Yeah. And you know how hard it is to stop on skates? That shit is
1: hard. Yeah. Imagine. And then you got women who can skate like that. And can score. Oh, my she is you know, there are some player. really good female hockey players.
0: There was, so, um, who, who, where, uh, I forget which, country. she was over, in, she's over in Europe. I think she was like 14 years old playing with like men. I saw that, I know oh my guest. She was
1: ridiculous.
0: Yeah, she was like I was 14 like, oh my,
1: years old. I was like, how,
0: she had like 48 points in her first three games or something. I was like, wow. I yeah. mean, yeah, Sarah Nurse, pooling, um. Uh Knight, Hillary, it was Hillary Knight, I think. Yeah, it's Hillary Knight. Hillary yeah. Knight. I mean, there's so many good hockey players out there.
1: It's like it's not just confined to men, it's also the women. Like they're so good. If it wasn't such a physical sport, the women could easily play with the men because they right. can skate with them, but it's a physical sport in the NHL. And yeah. I don't know if the you can take this however you want to take it, my friend. Uh I don't know if physically the women could take the beating that the men give out. Cause there are some guys who can't take that beating. Oh, you know, oh that is, yeah. a, it's, you know, I
0: mean, I would, I would love to see Sarah nurse playing the NHL. I think that would be really cool if they could do like at the, at the all-star game, just like a three V three, if they have men and women on, on, you know, it's a uh, team's made up of men and women. That'd be really cool. In my opinion. I'd yeah. love to watch that. I mean, yep. Sarah Nurse, she's on the cover of NHL twenty three. It's kind of crazy how it took this long to get women on the cover of of NHL, and yeah. that really boosted popularity. I think it helped, and a lot more people know about her. I mean, she's awesome. She really yeah. is awesome. There's yeah. a lot of awesome hockey player, uh, women hockey player, uh, hockey players out there, and the the women Olympics. That is fun to watch
1: yeah i'll watch any hockey i'll watch you hockey i'll watch high school hockey i'll watch intermediate i coached hockey before i moved to maryland 20 some years ago and i had a kid that was he was he was an astronomically great skater and when i moved to maryland i kind of lost touch and um one day i decided to google his name he was playing in the ahl wow (laughs) so Sean wow. Burke, stresser, yep, and he got a cup of coffee a few times, but nothing substantial. But he was an unbelievable skater as a fourteen year old kid. You know, he he could he could play.
0: He yeah, could play. there's there's are a lot of good. I mean, even just young hockey players out there. Like I'm, I think they're on on TikTok. I have yeah. I have uh, videos that come up about like 2007 guys and you know i'm four years older than them but these i'm like look i'm watching them skate and i'm like oh my god yeah you're 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 16 years old yeah like what yeah i couldn't even do that if i trained for my entire
1: life like it's it's ridiculous that's like the you know that's like i said to you man some of that is just god-given talent it just it's just who they are it's yeah. just who they are you exactly. know balanced their skill uh genetics, whatever the hell you want to say it is, it is, and they just can do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there it's 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 really ridiculous. And it kind of makes me I mean, look at Capo caco and Lexi Lafreniere. You know, they haven't been what we all thought they would be, but they're I mean, they were 18 years old when they came into the league. McDavid was 18 years old, but gonna be 18. I mean obviously going to be 18. But th- these guys are young and they're still I mean they're still elite talent because my sister, I think Kaku got drafted when my sister or a few years after my sister went to college. She, He's younger than my sister and he's already making millions. Yeah. Like, I mean, even though they might be, you know, disappointing this far in their career, they're still elite. Like, compared to the regular person, obviously, and even other NHLers, those guys are good. I
1: mean, well, some of those kids, some of those guys don't even really develop till they're like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like it takes them it takes them that long to figure out their surroundings, and they, yeah, and they add this to it, you've got LeFrany and Caco uh, uh, playing in New York City, and Madison Square Garden, nonetheless. You know that that in and of itself is I mean, is like
0: New York's hard to play in. In general, I mean, look at Joey Gallo, the guy couldn't hit for the Yankees. Then he goes to the Twins, where it's not as broadcast, and he's hitting pretty well. I mean, yeah. the beginning of the year, I haven't really heard anything about him since, but. Guys are like that, Sonny Gray. I mean, there's just guys that you know can't really handle the the media well like that. But it develops, it takes time. And those kids are young and they're developing still. So I mean, yeah, takes time. But I was at
1: Yankee Stadium a few days ago.
0: I don't even want to talk about the Yankees. They just they (laughs) make me mad. They have not been well, you gotta
1: get rid of you gotta get rid of Stanton and you gotta get rid of Donaldson and play those young guys.
0: Yeah, I I want them to get rid of Donaldson. I want them to hope that they call it Peraza. They won't know. They won't.
1: How about Dominguez?
0: Is he gonna? Play? I, I think he's too young to call up right now. You think? maybe September call up. Maybe September call up. I think next year he might start on the major league roster. Kid's good.
1: He's really good. I will say this: Volpe looks like a major league player, but he hasn't figured out major league pitching.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I. I don't think it'd be bad for him to go to back down to AAA for a little bit, and and work on his craft, get his get his confidence back up. He's a good player. I mean he yeah. is a good player and he's going to be very good for the Yankees. He also is 20 years old, 21 years old. He skipped AAA entirely.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's I mean for him to come up and even have 10 home runs and you know 20 plus RBIs and 15 steals and yep. him, you know, not being his bat you know, he's not hitting very well, that's a glimpse into the future. I mean that's that's huge. That is really going to be good.
1: They're going to yeah. be okay. They yeah. just got to quit paying all that money to guys who are coming in from the outside. You just don't have to do that. And if you're the Yankees, you have so much talent in your farm system that you don't have to do that. I just read today that uh, uh, Dylan Cruz has no interest in playing for the pirates. The pirates are one of one They the, They get the first draft pick. And he said, well, I don't know if I want to play for them, you know, which is pretty sad, but as a pirate fan, I get it, man. I wouldn't want to do it either.
0: I mean, you guys have some young talent coming up. Henry Davis is good. Ryan oh. Hayes, obviously, he's not as young. O'Neill Cruz, I don't know. I think he's been injured this
1: year a lot. Yeah, he he heard his he heard his he broke his uh, leg.
0: Yeah, I but mean, he will be
1: back. There is young talent. Their pitching's their pitching's lights out. Mitch they, they just play. They just played a four game series down to Miami, who is actually a pretty competitive team, and the most earned runs given up by one of their pitchers and everybody averaged seven innings was two earned runs and they lost three or four games so what's that tell you
0: yeah i mean pittsburgh sports are i I hope the pirates do start doing well i mean they started out the year well but obviously died down a little bit but the nl central is really open it's probably the red i get i bet the reds are going to win that i mean they're
1: they're here in Baltimore, Ellie,
0: Ellie De La Cruz came up, and he—they just that team just skyrocketed.
1: That I hope we cool. don't find out he's like thirty years old, like Puig was when he came up. I mean, that guy's so good; he's so <laughs> good. It, yeah. It's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, but you know, I want to dive down, dive deep into the Rangers and Penguins rivalry from the past two years. Okay, um, you know, you being a Penguins fan, obviously, me being a Rangers fan, those games get chippy. And I can say that for myself because I went to my first Penguins Ranger game this year. It was, i trying to remember when it was. It was March 18th. It was a very back and forth game. I mean, the teams are, they're just so chippy when they play against each other. Um, that week, even before then, um, when y'all beat us in overtime, that, I mean, Trocek laid out Malkin. There was a bunch of big hits in that game. Um, you know, in the playoffs. We very chippy Jacob Truby there's a lot of Penguins fans coming on here you know for and you know saying all this crap but obviously they're in two different places in their in their franchises I guess histories right now I don't know if that's the right correct term but you know the Penguins are kind of on the downfall after being you know a dynasty yeah and the Rangers are kind of on the in the middle like are they on the come up who knows are they, they they're an older team but what do you think this you know this rivalry is gonna do for both teams now I mean do you think it's even gonna change anything does it even does the rivalry even matter at this point like what are your thoughts on it
1: I actually think the rivalry will always continue as long as they're in the same division I think if you pull the Penguins and the Rangers and put them in two different divisions that the rivalry will dissipate some It won't have the same feel, the same meaning. They won't be fighting for the same thing, which is to make the playoffs. Um, I do see the pens and the caps continuing to take a step backwards and the Rangers continue to take a step forward. The the Devils continue to take that step forward. I I don't know about the Islanders. I, I don't give Carolina as much credit as they want, but like I told you, unless the Penguins retool the third and fourth line with some guys that are going to chip in with a little bit of scoring, but they're going to bring high energy and never back off and be willing to be physical. Um, the Rangers bring that, they, they, they bring that in four lines and in the regular season, we'll just talk, talk regular season and Pittsburgh can't compete with that. They're worn down. Um, they got into it, they got into a hole last year, I forget when it was, and people were like, Oh, they'll be okay, they'll they'll get out of this by Christmas. And I said, You're not looking at the big picture, you're talking about superstar guys who are in their mid-30s on the downside of their career. That normally, if they were in their late 20s, early 30s, would be able to go up a whole nother level after the all-star break and lift the team with them. But they couldn't think about this. The Penguins lost to the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, two of the worst teams in the league. If the two worst teams in the league last year, the final week of the season, all they had to do was win one of those games and to they get to the playoffs. playoffs.
0: It wouldn't have right. been the Panthers. The Panthers wouldn't have gone to the Stanley Cup. It would have been no. the Penguins. Maybe the Penguins did. Right. Maybe the Bruins did. Maybe yeah. the Rangers yeah. did. I mean, yeah. yeah, a lot changed because you lost to those two teams, but. I could see I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I actually do agree with what I'm trying to say. I could see the Penguins making a little bit of a push this year. I mean, Sidney Crosby is still a very good player, and Malkin. I think he had like 70 points last year, which I was surprised. actually I was he was
1: close. He was close to 80 points, and that he shocked a, me. Yeah,
0: he, he had, had a great stay, year. He stayed he healthy, and he almost like, he almost had 80 points. I yeah. mean, Latang, obviously, you know had a stroke, which is very hard to come back from and, you know, play, you know, it play like he normally does, but also the goaltending kind of fell apart, but. That's and, their and, biggest
1: issue. Yeah. They have no goaltender.
0: I agree you can't,
1: you, they can't resign Tristan Jory because he is constantly hurt and some way, shape or form. They've got to cut bait with Casey to Smith because he's too small and he can't do it as the main guy. You know, yeah. if Jory goes down, DeSmith is not a guy that can go out there and log uh, six, eight, ten games in a row, and and you're going to get a winning record out of him. They, that's just not who he is. Yeah. You know, he's uh, I'm going to play 20 games in the season, scattered throughout, and our main guy's going to play 60 games, and and let the chips fall where they may. But right now, the big thing that I'm hearing in Pittsburgh is that uh, uh, Dubis wants to bring in uh, a different goalie. He's he's willing to to deal for a different goalie. Um, I hope they don't bring in Hellebuck. They don't need to spend nine million bucks on a goalie. That just yeah. that that's not necessary. You need to bring somebody in who is uh, like Swayman or Ulrich. both of those guys. Um, you know they've got to move one of those guys. I know they move Felino and uh, who else do we say they moved today? Uh, Hall uh, and Hall. I, yeah. I I get it, but. You got to move more. They have, they are so over the cap in Boston. If they didn't do it last year, it's going to be tough because now, do you re sign Bergeron? You know, so you're going to have, you're going to have some guys that are up for a trade that people aren't really thinking about because some teams are going to have to get under that cap. And yeah. uh, that would make a difference playing you guys, to be honest with you. Having a guy that can stand up and, and defend the goal more than Tristan Jari ever could. You know, uh, your mean, goaltender is spectacular.
0: Oh, oh! I love will.
1: to hate him. He drives me crazy.
0: He is. I mean, I'm, I'm. He his his career is going to play out like Henrik Lundqvist. He's not going to be a copier. He yeah. won't. And it sucks because you've had, you went from Lundqvist who just went into the Hall of Fame, and that was, I'm such a special day for me just because you know that's the goaltender I I, I grew up with. Yeah. Um. And then you go to Igor Shosturkin, and he has a top five uh, top five season last year, wins the Vesna, carries you to the Eastern Conference Final and into the playoffs, drags you into the playoffs. And and then this year, you know, he kind of took a step back. It wasn't as bad as everyone – as, you know, it, it seemed. He still played very well, just not up to – even he said it, not up to his standards. He still played really well in the first round. It was not even close to a, a – not even close to a top 100 reason the Rangers lost in the, in the first round. But no. he is a, a difference maker for the Rangers. They could be a crappy team, and they he'd carry them to the playoffs because he's that good. And it sucks because you can't do that because look at what Henry Lundqvist did, did the same thing, and he couldn't win a cup because when they got to the cup final in 2014, they had no offense. True. And look what happened with the Rangers Hen, uh, uh, this year. Igor, I mean, carries them to seven games – but they can't they don't win because they had no offense in the three in the four games they lost. Right. In, they, in the three they in the three they won they did, but in the three they lost it was Igor just trying his best to keep them in the game and it didn't work. And right. I mean he's he seriously is a difference maker for this Ranger team, and I'm happy they have him. And I'm hoping Well that- with
1: your defensive core, with your defensive core and with Shisterkin, um, you know, the biggest thing for you guys is just to be patient and letting those other guys develop, you know, I mean, Kreider, Sabanajad, they did a great job of leading, leading the Rangers, but they're getting a little long in the tooth too, right? They're closing in on 30, if not right over 30. And you're going to need, you're going to need those young guys to take their game to the next level next year. And, and you can back off on some of the minutes for those guys. So they still stay just as productive as ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've I've said it before and I'll I'll say it again and I'll keep saying this. The cup the key to the Rangers winning a Stanley Cup is Lafreniere, Kako, and Heedle. Obviously Shistarkin and 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 Fox, but they're on different levels than those three guys. So right, they're, sure. they're, I mean they're the they're the key to winning the Stanley Cup past this this core of Panarin, Jed, and Kreider and Trocek, And they're older now. I mean right. they're older. Panarin's gonna be 31. is gonna be 30 or 30, yeah, 30. Kreider's
1: in his thirties. I mean, yeah, he's got to be 33, right? Somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. I mean, yeah. he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know. they're getting older and this team
0: really is going to have to rely on the kids. They are. And it, it it's, it it, 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 they should have had growing pain. The growing pain's gone away already, but past two coaches were too stubborn to, you know, try new things, which sucked. So
1: let's, he- let's hope La Villette, uh, can get get them going in the right direction with those guys. I'm you hoping. Know? I'm hoping. So yeah, I think, I mean, he didn't have much to work with in Philly, so I, I can't base it off of what he did there. No.
0: That, and he had nothing really to work with in, in Washington either.
1: No, no. I mean, they're still this...
0: around a thirty-year, a thirty-four-year-old captain superstar, and that's it. He's thirty-seven. Probably... Damn, he's thirty-seven. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, he's like. I think he turns thirty-seven this year. Oh my. Lord. Hey Siri. How old is Alex Ovechkin? Thirty-seven. Wow. Yep. Yep. So he's just, you know, honestly, will. I mean, like I said, great goal scorer, but he's just hanging around to break the record.
0: Yeah. I mean, Laviolette really couldn't do anything with them. They were injured. They were old. They had no young guys. He couldn't do anything, and then he got fired. So I mean, hopefully, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. And how- I think.
0: I think the coaching staff is gonna help Lobby Let a lot. I think that was one of the main things that if the Rangers, you know, there a lot of big guys on Rangers Twitter said if the Rangers hire Lobby Let, it really does come down to their coaching staff. And I think he did a very good job of hiring a co- of, with his coaching staff. And I'm very excited. They're young guys, young outside the box thinkers. I mean, Housey's he's fifty something, but you know, one of the best American defensemen of all time. Very good offensive. He's mid fifty Hall of Famer. Yeah. They, uh, Michael Pekka. Young guy, fresh face, Dan Muse coached the um, coached the uh, under eighteen uh, develop, in the United States development program this year to a, a gold medal win. Um, just young guys, and that's exactly what the Rangers need is young guys. Yep. And I'm, I'm on paper, the coaching staff looks really good. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to make an opinion yet because I want to see how it plays out. But it's looking good on paper, and I'm excited for how they're going to help this team and how they're going to help the young guys especially. So. I think for me, that wraps everything up. I, I have nothing else to talk about. If you have any other remarks, if you want to shout out your own podcast, any works you have going on, you can. You free Feel feel free to do so.
1: Yeah, you could check out my my uh, original sports podcast with Mark Maraday and the Barbershop crew. We tape every two weeks. We go on location here in Frederick, Maryland, but this week um, on – Friday, we're going to be in Harrisburg at the Harrisburg Senators Altoona Curve Game, which will be pretty fun. We'll do a pregame show. Um, and then I have my Thursday night show, the Mark Meriday Show, where um, I bring in a, a variety of different guests, and we talk about what the hot-button topics are for, for the day. I just dig into what, what goes on. It's the, the, the best part about sports is things change by the minute. Who would have thought that, that LSU would have got whacked like that last night, you know? So... It's fun to talk about that stuff right after it happens and try and come up with a solution from your perspective. So uh, that's what I have going on. You can check me out on every possible podcast platform on YouTube. Just look for original sports podcast with Mark Maron. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I do it all. I don't love know how I teach that. or raise my family, but I do it all.
0: <laughs> love to hear that. Well, thank you for coming on. Hopefully we yeah, can get you on again.
1: Yeah. And we got to visit this after the season gets rolling.
0: Oh, I would love to. I would love to. So, absolutely. Thank you for joining again. And let's go, Rangers.
1: Yeah.